My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 152. Okay, so I'm driving into my dealership today, getting ready to make the left-hand turn off of Highway 11E here in East Tennessee. And in the turn lane, uh, straight ahead, which would be turning in front of me if they were to go across the road or to make a U-turn, hopefully you can get the picture, I see something black right there in the middle of the of the turning lane. And the closer I got to it, I realized that it is an oil filter. And all around that oil filter is a big puddle of oil. And not probably 200 yards down the road from me is a quick lube place. Now, I'm not going to say that it came from them. Maybe it didn't. Maybe somebody changed their own oil. But I'll tell you one thing, that's, that, is, uh, that can be fatal to an engine, and has been. Yeah, my son's girlfriend one time decided to take her Mazda CX-5 to, uh, let's call it a big box store that does oil changes. I don't want to get sued. And she called me and said, Lenny, my car just quit. I said, what happened? Well, I just got my oil changed, and I looked underneath it, and there's a big old puddle of oil. I said, well, that's not good. Don't drive it. Well, unfortunately, she had driven it too far. Destroyed the engine. Folks, it doesn't take long when all the oil drains out of an engine for it to be metal on metal. And so that was about, well, let's see. I can't remember what the exact cost. I think it was around twelve grand to get that fixed. But the good news is she knew a guru. And I made a few phone calls. And at first, this big box store that changes oil uh, denied responsibility. And then they uh, ended up sending their adjuster over and said, yeah, I guess this is on us. So they paid for the new engine. Now, I wouldn't for one minute uh, pretend that we have not messed up before in my 47 years of doing this uh, because we have. I mean, I've seen mistakes. you got human beings. Uh, a lot of the processes, a lot of the things that we do to people's cars, you know, they're random, you know, because people come in and this person has four or five things and this person has one and this person has 15 things wrong with their car. And so it's easy for uh, technicians to get confused or to not, you know, not be a, attentive to what they're doing. We had a guy one time that uh, put a car up on a lift. Now, this was probably one of the worst. He put a car up on a lift. This was at the old Chevrolet store on Church Street. That was I'm probably 30 years ago. So let me get back to it. He put a car up on a lift, and it was a Chevy Citation. Do you remember those cars? Well, that was one of the first front-wheel drive cars that we really had any experience with as a Chevy dealer. Now, the Oldsmobile dealers had been selling Toronados, and the Buick dealers had been selling Rivieras. Maybe Cadillac had the Eldorado might have been front-wheel drive at that point, but we didn't have any experience with that as a Chevy dealer. So my oil change tech, who was very good, I mean, he was had the cleanest stall in the whole dealership, and she, he was uh, very thorough. He puts the car up on the lift, and he put it up there wrong. He didn't have the weight balanced right. And so 
he was he had it all the way up. He put the we had pneumatic lifts that came up, came up out of the concrete back then. Now we use electric lifts that have posts on either side. But these were in the ground. And he lifted the vehicle up to its height, getting ready to change oil. So he goes over to his toolbox. Now this car is right, the, the bumper on this car is right in front of his toolbox. He gets his tools that he needs. He whirls around to the left. And as soon as he does, that car slides off of that lift and nails his toolbox right where he was standing. If He, he probably would have been crushed to death, more than likely. Had he still been standing there with his back turned, he wouldn't. He never would have never known what hit him. And so, anyway, the guy was still in the uh, customer lounge, and so my service manager went went to him and said, "Sir, we've got a little problem with your car. Oh, really? What's what's wrong with my car?" And it was a brand new. He had just bought it. He had, matter of fact, he had ordered that Chevy Citation. It had two toned paint. It was four doors, loaded with equipment. I don't think they put leather in them back then. But he was so proud of his citation, one of the first citations that had been sold in East Tennessee. And my service manager goes up to him, sir, we got a little problem. He said, what's the problem? I said, well, um, it's probably better if you come see. So he went out there, and first thing, he, he sees the car. And you know, you would think some people would just jump up and down and be so angry. He said, and I'll never forget this, he said, was anybody hurt? You know, who would ask that? I guess a, a person who cares about other people. And he said, no, sir, nobody was hurt, but we're really sorry about your car, and we'll go up here and talk to Mr. Lawson. That wasn't me at the time. I was a service advisor. I don't know where I was that day, but I wasn't there. I didn't get to witness the citation demolition. So uh, he went up and talked to my dad, and we ordered the man a new car, and our insurance paid for it, and, and we gave him a loaner car. Back then, you could order a car, and you know, six, eight weeks later, he'd come in. It's not that way anymore. You know, and, and GM said they were going to fix that. You're going to be able to order a car and have it in three weeks. Well, they never figured that one out. So he ordered his new car. Didn't change a thing. Car came in. We delivered it to him. And uh, when he brought it back for his first oil change, and I could understand his being a little nervous about that, all he said was, hey, Lenny, let's make sure we put it on the lift right this time. I said, you bet your bottom dollar we'll do it right this time. So, yeah, anybody can screw up. Anybody can make a mistake. It's what you do when you screw up is, a, is what matters, right? We traded for a Mercedes. It was a, I think it was around 2017 we traded for a Mercedes SUV. I don't remember which one it was, but it was expensive, and I remember coming into the dealership and saying, what did, we, what did they trade that in on? And they traded it on, um, what was it, Expedition. And so I said, okay. So anyway, whenever we trade for a used car, we do go through this process. We do a complete review of the vehicle. You know, we have this checklist of all these different things that we check. But being a Mercedes, it was a little outside of our area of expertise, but we saw that it had been a while since the oil had been changed. So we called the, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the auto parts store, but we don't sell Mercedes-Benz filters. So we called them and they said, yeah, we have a filter for that. They sent us the filter. We installed it on the car. We sold that car within a week of uh, doing the oil change. And that car made it exactly 1,000 miles before the engine locked up on it. 
broke down somewhere between Lexington, Kentucky, and Ashland, Kentucky, on the interstate. Had to be towed into the dealership. Of course, they pulled it into a Mercedes dealer. They First thing they do is they look to see if there's anything obvious, and they saw the aftermarket filter on there. And they knew that that was a no-no because the, the original equipment filter from Mercedes is the only filter that works, even though the auto parts store had it listed as an appropriate filter for that car. But there was a unique difference in this oil filter. It had a, a channel, basically, that was a little hole that was in the top of this filter that lined up with the tube inside the engine. And that was designed to pull oil from the filter and push it up to the top of the engine so it would do a pre-lubrication of the valve train. And because this other filter, this, this aftermarket filter, didn't have that hole, then the top of the engine was starved for oil. And eventually, I mean, every time they started up, it was starved for oil. And a lot of people don't let their cars, you know, warm up very long. They, they just, you know, they hit the key, especially when it's cold, and just take off. Now, you know, I do recommend that you don't sit there for, you know, more than a minute. But, but a minute is not a bad idea to let your car warm, warm up for just, not warm up, but just get lubricated. Because it's not going to warm up in a minute. It'll start the process, but it won't be warm. I mean, you'll still be registering a very low temp on the uh, temperature gauge, but it will move the oil around, which is the most important thing. It's not as important that you get warm, but that the engine is properly lubricated. Well, this engine was not, and over a period of time, it damaged the uh, valve train, and it just seized. So whose fault was that? Well, the customer and the Mercedes dealership up there blamed us because we put the wrong filter on it. And I remember when my service manager came in and told me this, I said, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? So first thing I do is we have garage keepers insurance. I called my insurance agent and I said, well, this is what happened. Do we have coverage for that? Well, he called me back and he said, unfortunately, you do not. That is a self-inflicted wound. Now, if that you know, vehicle had seized up and then there was an accident as a result of it, then we would have coverage for anything happened as a result of that accident, but not for the incorrect filter being installed on the vehicle. So my next phone call was to the company that sold us the filter. Well, they denied responsibility. That's what they're going to do all the time, right? It's just like when you have a health insurance claim. Oh, it's not our fault. That's not covered. You know, if you push it, then, I mean, sometimes you just have to push stuff and they'll say it's covered. So that was the case with this. I pushed it. He said no. I said, well, I need to talk to your regional manager. And I ended up talking, get, finally got to them. They said, well, let us turn it, turn it into our insurance company. Send us the evidence. And, uh, you know, once the, the local store verified that they had that part in the book for that particular Mercedes and that they had sold it to us under that, the pretense that it would be correct. They assumed liability and paid for the claim. The first bid for that engine, 37000 You know, these foreign cars, these exotic cars, they have really expensive parts. As they say in East Tennessee, they're proud of their parts, you know, and their prices. So anyway, we uh, ended up finding a remanufactured engine 
And that really, if you order a new engine for Mercedes for a vehicle like this, let's say it's a warranty claim or something like that, they don't send you a brand spanking new engine. They send you a remanufactured engine, one that has failed and they were able to rebuild. You know, I really wouldn't like that if I bought a brand new Mercedes and they put a reman engine in it. Maybe they don't do that anymore, but that's what they did back then. And so ended up costing the insurance company $17,000 plus the labor on it. I can't remember what the labor was. Still, that's a pretty, that'd be pretty tough, wouldn't it, if you didn't have any coverage? So who are you going to take your vehicle to to get it serviced? Well, you want somebody who has good insurance and somebody that's going to stand behind you know, what they do. Uh, we've had other instances of, of our failure. Not many. I mean, we have them. Every, every dealership has them. You know, we had uh, a couple years ago had a customer that was driving down the road, and they heard this funny noise. And one of the wheels, the lug nuts had not been tightened properly. I mean, I'm crazy probably for saying this live on the air, but this happens at dealerships. And we, we find out who did it. And he already had been warned twice on other things that, that you know he was caught on before uh, the vehicles left the dealership. This one was not. That was the final straw for him. And, of course, we apologized to the customer. It did damage their wheel. didn't come off, but it could have. And so, you know, the insurance company didn't cover the damages that we did, but they would have covered it if they ran into somebody. Isn't that crazy? But anyway, I just like to give you examples of things and things you ought to watch out for and think about before, you know, you take your vehicle to a particular business to have it serviced. Any failures that we have ever had, I've always stood behind uh, and taken responsibility for. I don't look for a reason to not pay. I look for a reason to pay. Uh, And my goal is always to, as I say on this show a lot, preserve the relationship. You know, because if you mess up, and you take care of the customers, you stand tall, then people will come back. They'll respect that, won't they? Okay, I'll be back in just a minute. You know, it is the Christmas season. I get all kinds of crazy gifts from these vendors that we do business with. One of them just sent me a box. It was it was uh, probably 18 inches long, but it was real narrow. And, and I lifted it up and had some weight to it. And so I opened it up. And it's a bottle of wine, which I don't drink. And I do drink, I uh, drink beer occasionally, but I don't really drink wine. And um, so anyway, I'll end up regifting it, probably. Don't tell anybody. But uh, it's actually, I open it up, and it's a very special bottle of wine. Apparently, Danica Patrick, you ever heard of that name? Well, she was. she's pretty famous in the auto world, I guess, uh, racing world, I should say. She has actually raced at Indianapolis, um, drove an Indianapolis race car. And she was, I don't think she ever won, but she was really, I mean, she was a groundbreaker. And she ended up racing in NASCAR, and now she's an announcer. I saw her on uh, TV the other day. She's a model as well. But anyway, she opened up a winery, and this wine came from her, and it's an autographed bottle. Now, the question is, what do you do with that? I mean, is it something you put up hoping hoping that it's going to be worth millions, you know, 20 years down the road? Probably won't be. You know, she wasn't that good of a driver. She was a, you know, groundbreaker as far as that. A pioneer in women's motorsport. Not the pioneer, just one of them. 
But you remember, ever heard of the name Shirley Muldowney? You know, she was a famous uh, female drag racer, and she was uh, she was the what you call one of the earliest pioneers for female female racing. Although there are many others that go back even further than her. But yeah, what do you do with this bottle of autographed? I guess maybe search for a Danica Patrick fan and present it to him as a gift. I could take him home though and uh, rewrap it and send it to my brother. He wouldn't know any better. And he's a big race car nut anyway. Hey, that's a brilliant idea. Okay, you know, sometimes you get revelations while you're in the middle of a radio show. Okay, what else? Oh, I had a good friend call me the other day. Well, let's put it this way. he He's not like my best friend. We all have different layers of friendships, right? I mean, you have, as I've said before, you have the people that are your best buds that know all your inner secrets, and then... It goes down from there. A lot of people don't have a whole lot of them. And then the next layer are, are close friends. But, you know, you wouldn't want to camp out with them in the same tent. But there are others that you just know really well and have known for a long time. Well, that's this person. So anyway, he calls and he says that uh, one of his children is wanting to buy a new Nissan and told me what it was. And so I got him a price and all that stuff. And He said, well, she's just shop around online. So I thought about that statement there for just a minute, and then I said, you know, I probably need to warn him about something. Because I was online the other day, and I was looking at one of my competitors' websites, and they had Nissan Sentra's or Nissan Altima's priced a little bit lower than mine. You can't go by that, folks. You can't go by what's priced online with most dealers because very few people fail, or let's put it this way, very few people succeed in getting the price that is quoted on a lot of dealer websites because they fail to read the fine print. So I went to one of my competitors and looked at their website, and I had to scroll, I had to do some serious scrolling, just about wore my finger out to get down to where the disclaimer was. And it said that you have to add, I'm not going to give exact numbers because I don't want to get sued can you see a trend there? Um, about a thousand dollar processing fee. Uh, there's just a, a dealer add-ons that they have. One of them is a some kind of a protection package for five hundred dollars. Now this is what you're supposed to add to the price that they have shown way on up there next to the vehicle, which would most people say, well, that's what I can buy the car for, right? No, you've got to scroll down, and then it says. Um, some kind of a bogus, I'm not going to say what it is, but it's about $3,300 ad for nothing, for air. Do you like paying for air? How about $3,300 for air? And then hundred close to $200 for something else. All of this gets added back to the price. Now you're saying, well, I wouldn't fall for that. No, you probably wouldn't. But there's a lot of people that will fall for this. And you know who they are. I talk about it all the time. They're the payment buyers. You know, they see that price, say, boy, that's a really good price. I'm going to go in there. That's lower than my local dealers. I'm going to go, I'm going to drive 40 miles and check it out. You get there, and first words out of their mouth say, what kind of payment you looking for? And you say, well, I've been thinking about $450 a month. It's over for you at that point. You are cooked. 
because you don't know what you're paying for the car. And more than likely, you're paying all this extra add-on stuff. And, oh, you thought you got such a great deal. You know, another thing that people don't do is they don't read their paperwork afterwards. If you would just do that one thing, just one thing, before you sign the paperwork, have them print out a buyer's order or a sales contract between you and the dealership. Not the contract with you and the bank. That can be a little confusing. But the one that specifies, breaks down every charge, and just go down through that line by line, you would probably, in many dealerships, you would run out of that place. Scream it. And you probably should. Okay, I'll be back in just a minute. You know, the the kind of behavior that I was talking about, it's very common. It's not everybody. The majority of dealers do things right and are very transparent. This is just, let's just call this not being transparent. You know, and, and re- well, that's almost too nice. It's deceptive, really. Wouldn't you agree? And so if you see this kind of stuff, I mean, for the diligent, you know, people think that because they shop online and they, they go look at one website and go to another website, they're not comparing apples and apples unless they really drill down and look at the equipment, get a stock number, and actually read the disclaimer, see what it says, and it's you may have to hunt for it. Maybe way down, scroll, scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page and then call the dealership and I say, I want a tax and all figure for this car out the door. Uh, no trade-in. I want to see what the numbers are. Send me a buyer's order and I'll let you know. And they'll, this is the internet department. You'll be avoiding a lot of the, you know, the less honest people in some cases. And then you'll get a real straight answer and that's what you need. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru. Anytime you have questions about this kind of stuff, you can call me 423-552-2020 or send me an email to Lenny Lawson 2020 at gmail.com. And I'll see you next time.